invest in content from day one and also, you know, having great interactions with the community. I think it has been responsible for a lot of new users, a lot of new business opportunities for Escape. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Scaling DevTools, and we're joined today by Tristan and Antoine from Escape.tech. Um, so this is a company that got started after Tristan got hacked, right? <laughs> yeah. Thank you for, for having us today, Jack. Exactly. Um, so Escape is a, a, an API security company for developers. So we help developers secure their applications while they're building them during the CI/CD. And, and it all starts with a personal story, of course. Um, so basically, I, when I was 19 years old, I knew that I wanted to create a company one day. So I went to the Bay Area and I started working for tech companies in San Francisco. Um, and at some point, I was building chatbots. You know, it was 2017. It was a trend. They were not at all as good as today. It was not ChatGPT or, or LLMs. It was very bad. Um, and I was building uh, chatbots and APIs for companies in the Bay Area. And at some point, I have one of my customers that calls me and says, Tristan, uh, I don't, I don't get it. Like I cannot access the, the platform anymore. Like the, the application that you built, it's, it's just broken. So I said, Hey, I'm going to take a look, you know, uh, I'm going to see what, what happened. And I log into the database. It was a MongoDB database, again, 2017 trends. Um, and the database was empty. There was nothing in it. There was just one single message, which was, do not worry. Your data is safe. In order to get it back, please pay 10 Bitcoin to this address. And there was like a Bitcoin address and on, on the bottom of the message. <laughs> so oh I, I got, I got hacked. Uh, the application was, was, was breached, uh, and, and they stole all the data. And there was, it was a very professional message with explanation on how to buy Bitcoin and how to send it. So very, very uh, professional, professional thing. Um, obviously I had a backup. So it was, it was, uh, not that tough for me at this time, but it made me realize uh, how fragile uh, the application that we create as developers are. And I wondered, like, what if if I build other applications one day, I, I wake up and there is nothing, everything is gone, the data is empty. What can help me ensure that what I'm building as a developer is secure and I'm not at risk of uh, of being stolen? Um, and there were no tools in 2017 to help with that. Sneak was just at the beginning and, and the vulnerability was not a vulnerability in an open source component like Sneak was doing. So it was quite different. Um, and, and I, I really, this stayed on my mind. Um, uh, so finding a solution for, for this problem. And two years and a half after that, uh, I met with Antoine. Um, and Antoine was on the penetration testing side uh, of the force. Uh, he was a, an expert in cybersecurity. We met at uh, UC Berkeley. We were students there together. Um, he, he was uh, out of, uh, uh, he, he worked as a penetration tester and then he worked at Apple and he was out for doing MBA at, uh, at uh, Berkeley. And when we met, we were like, hey, you want to create a company? You are expert in cybersecurity. I want to create a company. I had, you know, some trouble with hackers. I know the problem. I know the pain. I know the, sev- the, the developer's market. Let, let's, let's do it together. And that, that's how we started Escape. I, I need to add some precision here. Uh, I was not the person who hacked Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that he knows of. So just keep it, I guess, keep it quiet for now. Anyway. But... Absolutely. Okay. So instead of becoming like hacker, like starting a YouTube channel, taking down hackers, you thought 
technology can save uh, developers from getting hacked. Yeah, I think both of us are big fans of uh, deep technologies. Yeah. So we really wanted to bring uh, technology uh, into the developer space and the cybersecurity space in order to solve that kind of uh, problems in a very fascinating and interesting way. Yeah, I guess it's pretty hard. Um, so that must have been like a difficult part of it. Like if it's something that's really difficult, how did you get started? That, that is super interesting. So uh, first we, we were both uh, doing deep tech before. Uh, so I was actually working in a company. It was named uh, Sourced and it was dedicated to uh, source code analysis using machine learning. So using IA to analyze source code and find vulnerabilities inside of it. So I was already kind of working in deep tech uh, with with security. Um, and Antoine as well uh, was already working in, in automated penetration testing. Um, and, and we started by doing a, a state of the art of what existed for automated uh, security testing. And we found um, we found a paper from Microsoft Research, which is called Wrestler. Um, and basically, it was the basic automated security testing for applications. But it was very theoretical uh, and difficult to apply to developers because it took 24 hours of computation time to give the result. So we said, okay, we can, we can do better than that. Uh, we can create a new technology that will do better than that. But we knew it was possible in a large amount of time. We just had to do better and in a shorter uh, time span in order to be integrated in the development process. So you found, yeah, something that actually could do the job, but it was way too slow to be usable. Absolutely. And I think the challenge too was a real product challenge because actually developers, they are not used to cybersecurity, all right? So we had to build a cybersecurity product that was compatible with the developer mindset, but also the way they're working uh, which means we had to have a product that is uh, appealing, that goes fast, that, re that runs in CI/CD, and that is really able to to bring value to the developer. Which means we really help them uh, we, to, to remediate, to understand why uh, there are security concerns, why the security is important, and to remediate the different issues. So, as Tristan mentioned, it was a huge uh, technical challenge, uh, which was in fact. Uh, first of all, a product challenge, uh, and we, we solved the product challenge with this technique from uh, a, a research paper uh, by Microsoft uh, originally. Yeah, that's a. Re I think it's a really good point about like developers, and as for me, it it's always like you're just doing tickets, right? And like it's you're creating features or fixing bugs, and it's rare that someone in the team is gonna kind of allow you or like encourage you to just spend time making your project more secure? Two things about that. So the first thing is, uh, you're right. Like developers, they are, their job primarily uh, is to ship features and not to do security. So there is a trend, it's called the DevSecOps, where the developers have more responsibility for creating secure applications, uh, but they don't want to spend a large amount of time doing this because they have other priorities. And so the challenge when you're building a product in DevSecOps space and Sneak, they understood that well. 
you want to be super seamless in the way you integrate within the dev process. You want to be, uh, to have a very good developer experience. You want to be fun and easy to use. So the developer actually use you instead of, you know, just skipping this step. Um, and especially when you are doing a deep tech company like Escape, you have to take a, a technology that is extremely complex, that is slow, that is prone to uh, crash. And you must transform it into a product that is developer friendly, easy to use, uh, and 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 that uh, is is seamless in its integration. And there is a lot of work for doing that. So taking a, a research and putting it into production with a good developer experience that was a huge challenge. Yeah, and then once you get that kind of like seamless developer experience, I'm guessing it's just you know you set it up and it. It runs in the background, tells you when things are going wrong, right? Um, but how, like for developers, unless like they had an experience like Tristan and they feel very passionate about it, um, or they're in a space that requires a lot of security, it like how do you get them to like care about this? Because it's always like everyone would say it's important, but it feels like one of those things that's like, yeah, it's really important. I'll do it next week. How do you kind of like? Yeah, so there are two things. Uh, first, you need you need to create interest. Uh, developers are curious persons. Uh, they they are curious. They want to learn more about their applications. They want to you know they are interested. Um, so when you they they can use Escape very quickly. We will come back to that later. But time to value is very important to us. And you can set up Escape very quickly, and it will make you learn things about the code that you're actually writing. Like, hey, you forgot this here. Perhaps you can change that. Um, and this creates interest. That That is the, 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 first, uh, the first thing. And the second thing, we have added uh, a few uh, more metrics that the developer care about, um, which is like, for instance, the performance metrics. And so they can see it, at each commit, they have an automated benchmark of how their application reacts uh, from a performance point of view. And this is the, the kind of stuff that they like and that they like to see uh, at every commit. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So you're giving them uh, some extra incentives. Yeah, to... <laughs> that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is kind of a gamification, I would say. <laughs> Learning and gamification. But, but the main point um, is... Developers, they like to write code, but they don't like to write tests. Uh, and what Escape does is writing the security test automatically for them. So the the hassle that we are removing from them is a huge one. That makes sense. So then it's like save time, essentially, or say do something we don't you don't want to do. Yeah, there there is this, and there is also like you know. Um, about partnering with a company that have expertise uh, in security for developers. So there is kind of a, a teaching uh, part where the developers, we are advocating the best practices. We show why is this a problem, how it can be solved. So in a way, it's also, you know, yeah, making uh, the, the development team to be more aware of uh, the security consequences at the same time. And in addition, we constantly keep uh, up to date with the latest uh, cybersecurity news, uh, which means when uh, a company comes uh, and see us, we ensure that their applications are, are tested against the latest vulnerabilities that come out in the, in the space. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's a really cool uh, thing that you're doing because, yeah, it's, uh, 
I, I know, like, I'm pretty sure, like, all of a lot of the apps I've built have, like, ha- you know, there's very rarely time to, like, really think about, like, security. Yeah. So how could you tell us about, like, how you got, like, your first few customers here? So this is, first of all, this is a hard part uh, in any startup, not especially Dev2 startup, but any startup. Um, so first, we, we were insanely focused on lowering the time to value. So it was very important to us to have a super seamless onboarding and to have immediately the results that you could see and that you could play with the tool and you, it, you, to make it interesting uh, and, and, and the, 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 for the user to, to have a good experience with the tool. Um, so this was very hard, uh, but we managed to have a, a very good, uh, you know, setup uh, of the tool, very seamless. Um, and so the first long-term users, we got them because they were curious, like we, we published on the social networks, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Um, we, we created the Hacker News post. A few people signed up um, and they tried the tool and escaped uncovered vulnerabilities that were critical in their applications. And so they, they had a low time to value. They learned interesting stuff and then they became long-term users. Uh, that's, that's how we got the, the first, the first users. Yeah. That's like a, that's a very interesting approach is like, just get, get like lots of people kind of interested and then just hit them with like a really, really interesting <laughs> thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, for like when we created escape, it was really a, a goal for us to create product like gross, uh, and we created the product in this with this in mind, um, and so the, lowering the time to value and having good quality of result to create like you know a haha moment uh, when arriving in front of the result uh, was something very important to us, uh, and and we can see that it worked. Uh, there were other challenges from a product point of view, but this part was really a focus at the beginning, and it was great. It was it was very tough from a tech point of view because as always when you are building deep tech with a lot of uh, code algorithms the first time a user signs up it crashes the second time it crashes the third time it crashes and but crash after crash you improve your code base and at some point it becomes stable and people are actually able to sign up and do the full process without talking to you and then they they get very good result and they start being real users yeah that's the magic of the products <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And it, like, as you're just digging in there, like if someone, if I see like, oh, wow, there's this big vulnerability. Yeah. Um, do, do people tend to then stick around? Is it, or is it still like, then you need to help them to actually change it to make sure that they stick around or. Yeah. There, there are two things here. Uh, it depends on the company. Uh, some companies there, I mean, if you are 10 people startup and you don't have a business model yet, you will not care about security because first you need to create a business before protecting it. And that, that is the right way of doing things, right? But if you speak about a 500 people scale up, like big startup, tech company, then if you find the critical vulnerabilities inside of that, critical vulnerability inside of this, uh, they have to react. They have SLA, they have contracts with their customers that enforce that they have proper scanning, proper management of the, of the vulnerabilities. So they have to do it and they care about it because it's important to their business. Uh, their data being stolen can, you know, get them out of business. So it's, it's critical. Yeah, that's really interesting. And actually like two questions from that. So one is, 
the 500 people startup like of yeah. 500 people company one is would they just like try it out like from interest and then the second thing is like where does the who pays for this essentially yeah uh that's a that's a great question so uh yeah they try from from just interest uh, that's the that's the magic because you know like the difference um so when when you're doing a product that grows um you you need to you know there is a setup and you need to do your security get your security data from somewhere the the special thing with escape is we are scanning from an exterior point of view we can do within the ci cd or we can do full SaaS uh, on development environment or even a production environment. Uh, and so that allows a single developer to actually try escape without telling the management, oh, wow. without telling anyone. Just you you go on the platform, you log in, and you try it uh, on your, on your application. So there is like a huge bottom-up motion um, that allows us to, to get big corporations to try escape just because a single developer went for it and just was curious about the results. Uh, so, so that is the, the, the first thing. And then about who pays, it really depends. It really depends. It's, uh, it can be the, the engineering team. Uh, it can be the cloud uh, team. It can be the security. Uh, it, re- it really depends on, on the, 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 the structure of the company that you are, you're working with. Mm. And do they know, do they typically know what to do once they find this vulnerability to get it like to f- continue to use escape or to like do they yeah. do they then normally go pitch it so mostly when when they find a vulnerability they put someone uh in the in the management in the loop uh, someone like a director of uh, uh of product or platform or something or security uh we discuss all together and they're like oh yeah we we should avoid this from reproducing in the future <laughs> uh and and then uh they integrate escape directly in the development process so it never happens again okay and is and is that cuz that sounds very easy but is it have there been any challenges uh <laughs> in that? I think like the one of the big challenges was uh, as as i said was uh stability because when you're integrated in a development process, I mean, you can't make the deployment of your customers to fail, right? Uh, if you block the deployment, they're not going to like it. So you have to be super stable in order not to be the bottleneck of their engineering process. Um, and that takes time. Um, and then, of course, you have to learn to speak to multiple people. Like you have to learn to speak to developers, to speak to security, to speak to uh, the, the DevOps teams. So... You, there are multiple people involved in this process of cloud security, develop, like DevSecOps, and, and you have to learn to, to speak with everyone. Yeah, and I think one of the difficulties here is that uh, there are some features uh, on the products that are really liked by developers, but they are in the, in the way they are currently presented, they are not perfectly suited to the security guys. And on the on the other side, there are some features for the security guys that are that could bring value to the developers if, that, if they were um, uh, presented in in, not, in another manner. So you have to to have ways to to create features and to present the information to the user in different ways depending on the persona you are, uh, uh, you have. And so that's uh, that's quite uh, a big challenge from a product point of view. Again, 
And in, in addition, you have to integrate with different tools and the developer tools, well, the tools for developers or the, the tools that the developer loves, they are different from the uh, security um, tools. So you have to create different kind of integrations or different personas. That's, that's quite challenging. Yeah. Have you got any tips for anyone that's like kind of at that edge of security and dev? I, I think you are, you have one tip, Tristan. Like <laughs> I think like the developers they are um, uh, they they focus on on projects. I will say I, I mean they are working on a specific project, so they want to see the vulnerabilities or the issues of a specific projects. While the security people they are want they want a more uh, global vision uh, of all the projects and all the vulnerabilities of the organizations. That's yes. it is different. Uh, two different point of views, uh, which makes uh, building uh, the product uh, challenging but fascinating too. Yeah, like d developers have a vertical view, and and security has an horizontal view of of uh, what happens. Yes. Yeah, and are you trying to make it like, uh, is it like customized, or is it just you're trying to make it appeal to both people? We were trying to make people. To make both teams speak with each other, actually, like we're trying to create a, uh, like the place where they can actually exchange on a common ground uh, about the security. So for the security to see all different applications from all developers team uh, and know uh, what what are the best practices applied to each team, and for a security like for the developer team to know precisely the application that they are developing, what are the main threats, what are the main vulnerabilities, and what they should do like a, a roadmap in a way for improving the security. Yeah, it sounds really hard. It's like really, <laughs> you're like, you, you have to figure out like go to market on both sides. And, Dev tools are hard in any case. Yeah, yeah. Is it like ever hard where there's like kind of internal politics or something between uh, within the company? <laughs> I, I think the market is evolving. Uh, I think originally the dev team and the security team are very saluted uh, one with another. And I think the evolution, the way the market is, is going to is uh, more security team integrated within the development team. Uh, this is also another part of the DevSecOps, but now you have application security engineers. Uh, they understand the code base and they are very close to the developers, yet they are security people. So they are bridging the gap. Um, and those guys are very good champions for escape because they understand the development part, they understand the security part, and they want to have their, the tool for them. Uh, so they, they, they really like escape and they are a huge advocate for it. Yeah, they're like the human versions of escape. And yeah, <laughs> but we, we had to find uh, the right persona and, and it's, not, it's not something easy, like finding exactly the right persona. Not all developers are equal. Uh, they have different priorities, different uh, uh, topics, and, and we had to find the right person. Mm. How do you do that? It's, I think it's related to the way we got our users. Um, so basically, like a lot of developer tools, we have a huge inbound strategy. Uh, content, uh, we, we created content. So we, had, we have a blog where we publish about uh, GraphQL, about security, about API security, different kind of, of developer stuff as well. Uh, it's very technical. Uh, and it brings uh, people to, to to know about Escape, and it brought us uh, most of our users uh, at the beginning. 
And then we started doing also engineering as marketing. And this has worked very well for us. So we create side projects, free websites where you can, you know, quickly test the security of your application with 10 best practices. Uh, it's called graphql.security and, and openapi.security. So you can, you can try it out. It's, it's very easy. Um, and, uh, and this brings a, a lot of traffic as well of people that are interested and curious. Um, so those were the, the two things that I think brought the early users. And, and then also open source and speaking to conferences uh, are, are the way to, to meet the community, to discuss with them and to understand. Um, and all that put together, you know, you start having a vision of who does what uh, in companies and, and you can understand uh, who will be your user at the end. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you're just like spreading the word, like reaching a lot of people. And then some of the people that come to you will be the right people. And you're starting to learn who to really spend, spend a lot of effort, like helping. And yeah, I think like it's, it's linked to, to, you know, I, I don't know if you've uh, seen this article, like uh, how to create luck, but the theory about the main Swix? theory, <laughs> the main theory about this article is, uh, you have to do a lot of things interesting and, and tell a lot about it, uh, tell about it to a maximum of person. And that's what we did. We created a lot of side projects. We, we talked to community about it. Uh, so this interaction with the community and this engineering uh, capacity internally was what created the escape brand. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think I've read, I don't know if it's the same one. I read one by Swix, you know, the, yes, this is yeah, this yeah, yeah. It's a really good one. Um, I just wanted to ask you two really quick questions that I think are quite un unconventional in your onboarding. <laughs> so I tried, I was trying out Escape the Tech. I haven't got a GraphQL endpoint. So, although I know you're doing REST as well now. Yeah. Um, but when I signed up, I tried to sign up my Gmail account and it said, I can't sign up with my Gmail account. I have to use a business account. Um, and then secondly, I got an email immediately inviting me to Slack. So both of those, I think, are quite unconventional. Um, and I wondered if you could talk about why you did that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so the first thing, Escapee is a dev tool, but it's also a cybersecurity tool. Uh, and it can be used for offensive purposes. Uh, and especially, it could be used uh, for doing bad things uh, that you're not authorized to. And so to limit the risk of people abusing escape and using it for, you know, real offensive, uh, uh, task, we limit it to business accounts and not the Gmail personal accounts that could be anyone. The goal is to identify the people. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the goal. Uh, and for the, and for the, the, the Slack. So we, we are strong believers in the interaction with the users. Uh, we believe to, to make a great product, you, you must interact uh, with people. Uh, it's not just through the product, it's through directly talking to them. Uh, and so that's why we decided like to, we, we noticed actually that as soon as we had a Slack channel with people, the usage of the product grew by a lot. Uh, so that was quite interesting. It was very, very different from people we don't have channel with and people that had support channel. So we decided to create, just create one for every single user on, on the product. And it, it has worked well so far. That's really cool. Is that like out of the box or did you build it yourself? Then? How we build it ourselves. Yeah. Really? Okay. 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 Yeah. So, okay. So reach out to Tristan <laughs> and Antoine if you want to build that. 
<laughs> um, that's awesome. We've been asked a lot of questions about this uh, feature uh, of uh, inviting uh, people on Slack automatically. Yeah. A lot of people are wondering what we do here. <laughs> Engineering is marketing. Yeah. Really cool. Um, okay, I think that's all the questions I had. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to talk about before we finish? Yeah, I I have, I think I have two interesting learnings that I would like to share with the community of DevTool founders. Um, the first one would be invest in content from day one. Uh, this has really be a game been a game changer for Escape, creating good quality content, having regular readers. Like sometimes I talk to people, users, and they're like, hey, I read your newsletter every time. I love it. Like your articles are very cool. Um, and I think it has been responsible for a lot of new users, a lot of new business opportunities for Escape, uh, and also from you know having great interactions with the community. So that would be my first uh, advice. And the second advice is uh, when we think about DevTools, we think about open source a lot uh, because product-led growth, open source. Um, I think it's interesting uh, and I love open source. We have a lot of open source projects at Escape. I also think this is not the only way of creating a good DevTool. Uh, if you take Snowflake, for instance, as an example, it's a great DevTool. It's absolutely not open source. Um, and if you take Sneak as well, it's not open source. So basically, there are other ways of creating a dev tool that would not be open source. And one of them is integrating directly within the tools they already use. Uh, so for instance, GitHub or GitLab or, or this kind of, uh, this kind of tool. Um, so yeah, open source core, open core is not the only way to creating great dev tools. Uh, but you need to also keep in mind that the community uh, to give back to the community. So contributing to open source, I think when you're doing a dev tool is a great thing uh, and every company should do it. Yeah, really good points. Um, yeah, it's this, I guess, so many examples of really successful companies that aren't like open core. Yeah. Yeah, really good point. Um, okay, great. Well, thanks for coming um, and speaking to us. So yeah, if anyone's listening, they want to learn more about Escape, escape.tech, right? Yeah, um, exactly. And you're launching your REST API or it's already out now, security as well? It's in, it's in beta now it's and beta. it will be out in September. Okay, amazing. And I saw you had a video with Jamie who's been on the podcast as well. Yeah. Um, trying out. So yeah, Jamie Barton, shout out yeah. Jamie Barton. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for joining. And uh yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, Jack, for having us. Thank you very much.